Previously on Disappeared in the Desert. You know, we've been examining every possibility, whether it be extended family members, friends. We don't want the focus to be taken off Isabel. I think mom is genuine. I think dad knows a little bit more. I gotta tell you, there's good reason why he's suspect. I'm not saying that he has anything to do with it, but I think he needs to come clear and, and tell us what he knows and be more forthright and not dodge around the questions. What do you say directly to the people who are assuming in some shape or form that you played a role in your daughter's disappearance? We don't have anything to hide, so nothing. go for it. Say what you want to say, but in the end, we are confident we had nothing to do with it. Just all trying to figure out how, what went wrong, how it happened, and, and what we need to do to get her back. For me personally, uh, just the fact that uh, you know he left town within about five days after um, Isabel went missing, ships his car to Florida, takes off to Washington to stay with a relative for a period of time, and then the fact that you know he doesn't want to talk to the police and uh, just basically gets out of Dodge, to me that was a red flag. I'd like him to come and answer and you know just come and answer the questions that everybody else has been um, been questioned about. You're listening to a KOLD News 13 original podcast. I'm Bud Foster. And I'm Shaylee Sanders. This is Disappeared in the Desert. For years, the disappearance of Isabel Salas remained one of the largest unsolved cases in Arizona. Family, community members, and investigators all had their own theories on who was responsible for taking Isabel and why. Some developments in the case were announced throughout the years, like the release of the surveillance video around the Salas' home the night of Isabel's disappearance and additional searches through the Salas' neighborhood. But Isabel's location remained unknown. Then, on Friday, March 31st, 2017, the Tucson Police Department held a news conference. We're going to play part of it for you now. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Chris Magnus. I'm the chief of the Tucson Police Department. I have with me several members of my uh, staff, including Deputy Chief uh, Chad Kazmar. Um, we've asked you all here today uh, to give you an update on an investigation that is well known not only to the Tucson community, but frankly to communities across the country. In April of 2012, six-year-old Isabel Salas went missing from her east side home. The Tucson Police Department has actively reviewed and followed up on over 2,200 leads in this case from the day that Isabel was first reported missing. Now, earlier this month, human remains were uncovered from a remote area in Pima County. A portion of those remains were sent to an out-of-state lab, it's an independent lab, for DNA analysis. And unfortunately, the results of this DNA analysis did confirm 
that the remains were those of Isabel Sellis. Now, although this confirmation may bring some degree of closure, of course, it also ends the hope of bringing Isabel home safely to her family. The death of any child is a loss to the family and to our entire community. On behalf of our department, I would like to extend our deepest sympathies to Isabel's family. The Tucson Police Department will continue to actively pursue those responsible for any kind of involvement in Isabel's death and disappearance. We're still asking anyone with information about this incident to call 88 Crime, or you can contact the Tucson Police Department. Of course, you can always remain anonymous. Now, as I'm sure you can understand, um, I have to be very limited in terms of uh, questions and information that I can uh, respond to, but I'm willing to take a few questions at this time. Like Chief Chris Magnus said, this is not the news Isabel's family or the community was hoping to hear. There was always hope that she would turn up alive and safe, even though it had been years since her disappearance and the probability was low. This announcement was a major break in the case, but other than mentioning her remains were found, there wasn't much else police shared. We, the public, still didn't know who, why, when, or even exactly where. I can't tell um, the exact date or location, um, but I can tell you that the scene was obviously uh, thoroughly processed and a full investigation was done at that location. The Tucson Police Department did not release the location of the remains at the time, but we now know from the release of police documents on the investigation, Isabel Celis's remains were found near the streets of Trico Road and Avra Valley Road on March 3, 2017. 28 days before Chief Magnus announced the discovery. That's located northwest of Tucson on the border of Avra Valley and Picture Rocks neighborhoods, a rural area of Pima County as described by Chief Chris Magnus. Our Disappeared in the Desert team took a drive out to that area. As we're getting closer now, we're six minutes away, and there's nothing on either side of us. So we see um, kind of like a grassy field to our right and a grassy field to our left. It's a two-lane road that we're taking, and um, it's just west of, of I-10. So you would have to travel a little ways from the highway, and I would definitely say that this would be described more as a rural area. Colleen, what would you say? I can't remember the last time that we saw a neighborhood. It's been basically since before we even exited the highway. Once we got off on Avra Valley, it's been pretty remote since then. A lot of untamed brush on each side of the road. We've seen some cars going each direction, but it's really, there's not a lot of traffic. Um, we're about probably eight miles off the highway at this point and we're leaving the Marana town limits now so it's it's really a rural area out here. Yeah, for those who aren't too familiar with southern Arizona so we're actually north of Tucson and our station KLD is actually located in Marana so we're just northwest of Tucson and so we're going further north so we're going kind of towards Phoenix 
Um, and that's where law enforcement tells us they found the remains. So, um, but like, like Colleen just said, so you're getting kind of a mix of, of agriculture out here. So I think I just saw a cotton field a little bit ago. Then we saw some brush. Now we're seeing um, what looks like a harvested field, but it's pretty bare. So we've seen, what, maybe one house within the last few miles, and it was on a lot of property. And then it looks like there's private property over here. There's some barbed wire fence, but this where we are, I mean, it's just a lot of open land, a lot of brush. I mean, we're out here in broad daylight, and it's not like anyone's gonna see us. Definitely not at nighttime. And there's really no reason for anyone to be traveling along this road because there's really nothing out here. We were looking for an area with a large mature tree that had been around for at least four years since the remains were found, surrounded by brush on the ground. Our team found several locations that could have been the spot. Ultimately, it was hard to tell the exact location where investigators made the discovery. There were acres upon acres of untouched landscape, an area that's easy for someone to get lost or turned around with everything as far as the eye could see looking extremely similar. Isabel had been missing for nearly five years when her remains were found, but many wondered how long she lived after her disappearance before she died. The exact timeline is still unclear, but the autopsy of Isabel helps establish a rough timeline. We have the autopsy report of Isabel Salas conducted on March 4, 2017 by the Pima County Medical Examiner. Ten pages long, we learned the examination took place at 8.30 in the morning. Several forensic anthropologists, pathology assistants, and investigators with the Tucson Police Department and the FBI attended. Still unidentified at the time of the autopsy, we learned that the remains were skeletal, including portions of the cranium, the right pelvis, and a vertebrae. The report says there were also some non-human bones accompanying the remains. After a quick overview, pathologists made a dental chart and a set of radiographic images of the upper bone of the jaw and teeth. Those images were used in a comparison between the remains and Isabel Salas. The autopsy report says the results of that dental examination were inconclusive and unable to exclude Isabel Salas as a possibility. The medical examiner's office requested to assist the Tucson Police Department on an additional and immediate search of where the remains were found. They all went back to the scene the same morning. A detective walked the pathologist through the scene, pointing out where the bones were discovered. Officers with TPD then split into two groups along with the medical examiner's office. One group focused on taking apart a pack rack nest about 20 to 30 yards southwest, but only non-human skeletal remains were found. The group then searched on hands and knees where the cranial fragment was found and worked their way west. That's when they found several bones, three thoracic vertebrae, which is the middle part of the spine, a lumbar vertebrae, which is the lowest part of the spine, and a sacral segment. That's between the lumbar vertebrae and the coccyx, also known as the tailbone. 
It's worth noting that pathologists outlined in this autopsy report that these bones were found, quote, scattered in linear fashion and in rough standard anatomical order, but stretched out heading west of where the cranial elements were recovered. Those were not the only remains found during the second search. Search crews found two separate portions of the tip of the femur north of the vertebrae. The office of the medical examiner determined on site that these additional finds were consistent in age and condition with the remains they previously examined that morning. But the medical examiner couldn't confirm if the remains were Isabel Sellis. To do that, a tooth and several other skeletal elements were sent to testing at Bode Cellmark Forensics in Virginia. During the news conference, Chief Magnus explained why. They are a nationally known and accredited uh, lab, and they have the capability of performing different kinds of DNA analysis that our lab here in Tucson, as excellent as it is, is not capable of performing. While awaiting the results from Bode Cellmark Forensics, the results of the forensic anthropology examination by the Pima County Medical Examiner found the person likely had some degree of Native American ancestry, Aged between five to eight years old, the sex couldn't be determined. Let's compare that to Isabel Sellis. She was six years and nine months the day she was reported missing. She has Hispanic ancestry and is female. The medical examiner's report says there is a perimortem trauma, an injury occurring at or around the time of death, and the first thoracic vertebrae through the left lamina, a part of the bone near the spinal cord. It's estimated to be two to five years between the death and the finding of the remains, known as the post-mortem interval. It had been nearly five years since Isabel's disappearance, so the autopsy is suggesting she could have died not long after she went missing, or she could have been alive for up to three years before dying. I think it's very sad for those who have been investigating this case. Obviously, the hope of all of our detectives and the members of the department, not unlike members of the community, is that this child would be found alive in good health. So we see this as absolutely a tragedy. The official cause of death determined by the Pima County Medical Examiner, homicide by unspecified means, the manner of death, ruled homicide. This is not the ending that any of us had hoped for, but this is also not the ending of the case. We are working this case very aggressively, as we would with any case involving the death of a child. We take cases like this extremely seriously. We appreciate the fact that this case has been very traumatic, not only for the family and friends of the family, but also for the entire larger community. And in fact, the reverberations of this have gone well beyond Tucson and even Arizona have affected people throughout the country. The Sellis family had been very outspoken about the disappearance of Isabel and the search to find her since she went missing. But with the disappointing news of Isabel's death, and the reality that their baby girl was never returning home, the family remained quiet to grieve. They released a statement through the Tucson Medical Center that said, We want to thank the community for the support they have continued to show for Isa over the years and for refusing to give up hope. Now is our time to mourn. We ask for our privacy during this time so that we can do that. 
Where does the Tucson Police Department go from here? You may have noticed the chief did not say anything about suspects or arrests during the news conference. Well, this case has been actively pursued over the last five years. Um, It has been continuously worked since the date of her disappearance. So we have investigators that are still very engaged in this, and obviously their work continues now with this new information. Chief Magnus asks if the remains found means the case is closer to being closed and finding the person or persons responsible for her disappearance and her death. Well, we are certainly hopeful of that. Um, This is a very important step in the case. Um, So that's one of the reasons, of course, why we're still asking uh, the public if they have any leads. We believe there um, may still be folks out there who perhaps know something or feel now that they're willing to come forward with information that could be helpful. So don't assume that uh, we have necessarily all the information. If people have tips, they should absolutely contact either us or 88 Crime. Next time on Disappeared in the Desert, how did investigators find Isabel Celis's remains? It was not a happenstance. So it was the product of a focused search? There has been an ongoing process of many different searches, and this was not happenstance, but I can't get into any greater detail than that. The moments that led to the devastating discovery and what happened after Celis's remains were found. His apprehension was long overdue. It's been a long road. Uh, Again, they believe in the system, and they want to thank the community for everything they've done for so many years. It's going to be a tough road. Uh, They're a strong family. Disappeared in the Desert is a KOLD News 13 original podcast, hosted by Shaley Sanders and Bud Foster. Special thanks to our editor, Jesse Zoller, writer and executive producer, Colleen Menadier, digital content producer Mia Courtright, and executive producer of daily content Michael Cooper. For more information about this case, visit KOLD.com.